Okay, everybody, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to say a few words about Parsha's Zosa Bracha. I feel like a lot of the Torah nowadays that you're hearing and that you're learning is centered around uh, Sukkot and Shemini Atzeres and Simchat Torah and Hoshana Rabbah, and rightfully so, uh, Sukkot, Daladminim, etc. But so I feel like Zosa Bracha gets, uh, gets shafted a little bit. Um, it really is a very fascinating Parsha um, that probably is not studied as much as it should be. Uh, so let's just throw a couple of Divrei uh, Torah out there because, again, it is Erev uh, Yontif and uh, things are a little tight in terms of time. So let's uh, let's mention just a couple of uh, a couple of Vorlach. So again, the last portion of the Torah, right, really not so much going on here in terms of a content standpoint. Uh, Moshe, you know, kind of blesses each shavit of Am Yisrael, right? Starts starts about talking about the glory of Avodah Baruch Hu, came from Sinai. Eish das Lamo, the Torah is a fiery uh, Torah. Torah Zivalano Marasha Kilas Yaakov. That's probably so, something I should have talked about, but we're not going to mention that pasuk, uh, at least uh, outside of this. That the Torah is an inheritance from Yisrael, uh, and then it gives each everybody a shavit, and then there's an emotional send off to Moshe Rabbeinu, right, as he goes up into Har Nevo and uh, and he passes away. So just a couple of psukim. Uh, that I want to just uh, highlight again. That lots going. You can obviously come up with a lot more, um, but uh, just let's kick it off here with the pasuk. Hey, my pasuk says Vahibishur again. The pasuk you're probably familiar with. Vahibishur and Melech Vesase Rashi Am Vesas Eif Rashi Am Yachai Shivte Yisrael. That uh, the that Kosh Baruch became king over Yeshurun. Yeshurun references to Am Yisrael again. That's uh, uh, as Rashi explains, is a, a reference to um, Yish- when Bnei Yisrael are Yashar. Is it Rashi? And I'm just glancing here. It's not. It's not I don't think it's Rashi. Um, but Bnei Yisrael in general, Bnei Yisrael called Yashurin because they, when they follow the Yashar, Misiyas Yasharim, right, the path of the just. Uh, it's not just as a terrible translation, but you, when Bnei Yisrael are Yashar, when they're on the right path, right, then the the Kosh Baruch Hu, often the Torah, not often, but sometimes the Torah will talk uh, talk about them, refer to them as Yeshurun. But anyway, B'nai Yisrael, right? Hashem is Yeshurun, is Melech over Yeshurun, over Am Yisrael, Pesai Seif, Rashi Am, when we gather, uh, Rashi says it means the leaders of the nation, uh, everybody else, I'm sorry, Rashi says it means all of the nation, everybody else pretty much says it's the leader of the nation. Yachad um, Yisrael, all the tribes together, Biyachad. Uh, and Rav Chaim Shpulevitz points out, and the implication of the pasuk is that Akash Baruch was only king when B'nai, of Bnei Yisrael when Bnei Yisrael are Yachad Shivte Yisrael. Right? He quotes the Dasis as a king of Baliatosos talking about uh, the uh, that Bnei Yisrael needs to be the Achdos. That the Bizman Yisrael Yachad Bizman Shi Yisrael Yachad Ba'achva, but Bnei Yisrael of Achdos and there's Achva of Areus and love between Am Yisrael. Then Azayah Shchina Shorayalim. That's when the Akash Baruch Hu rests his Shchina upon us. That. Uh, that Akash Baruch Hu is Malach he, he dwells upon us when we have when we have uh, Achdus, when we have Avas Chinam instead of Sinas Chinam. Uh, Medr says at the beginning of Parshas Netzavim again this beautiful image, right? Especially not nowadays that we're all you know, building sukkahs, right? If you have a reed, uh, my parents have uh, you know a bunch of bamboo uh, sticks for sukkah for schach. But again, even if you're using the mats or whatever it is, right? Those are pieces of wood. Those are reeds, whatever. It is. If you have one reed, if you have one piece of wood. So that's easy. That can be broken, right? A person can snap that over its knee, no problem, right? You can break it, no big, right? With with any amount of kalim and utensils or whatever. But if you have a bunch of reeds, right? A bunch of bamboo sticks, or but if you roll that mat of schach up into a big bundle, it's almost impossible to break it. Right? It's, it's basically impossible. So if so, even though a, so the muscle is 
that the Medrash is trying to explain is that a single person, right, even an amazing single person, right, can be broken, chaz v'shalom, right, because and it doesn't take so much strength to do it. But but Am Yisrael, the cloud, the bundle, when we are all together, when we have achdus, when achva and Am Yisrael, so then there has a, a tremendous koach to it. There's a tremendous strength to it, and, and nothing can break us. And that's when a kosh baruch who is shor shchina benenu. That's when a kosh baruch who rests his shchina among us when we are together, when we're strong, right? And when there's no machlokas, when there is machlokas lo and there is fighting amongst Am Yisrael, then a kosh baruch who is out, right? then he's not interested, right? We've explained several times the differences between, for example, the, the generation of David Amelach and the generation of Achav. David tremendous tzaddik, Achav Amelach tremendous rasha. But the Medrash says in Parshas Korach that. David used to lose soldiers and people used to die in wars all the time. Achav did not have any wars, did not have any time when Achav lost any soldiers. And the, the Medrash explains it's because of the, the fighting. During during time of David HaMelech, he had a fight with him in Shaul, he had a fight with him in Avshalom, right? There was a rebellion. There was there was not any, uh, this, I'm sure there was some Shalom, but there was not a lot of Shalom in Am Yisrael. But at the time of Achav, even though Bnei Zohar of David Zohar, there was, there was Achavus, right? Again, the, the Medrash gives the same difference between the Dora Mabul and the Dora Flaga, that the Dora Mabul was entirely wiped out, but the Dora Flaga, they built the Tower of Bavel, and Pesach says that they were Advarim Achadim, that Bnei Yisrael, not Bnei Yisrael, but the people at that time were together, they were like-minded in their in their purpose. So Akosh Baruch Hu didn't destroy them, even though they built the Tower of Bavel, the Chora, according to many interpretations, to, to rebel against Akosh Baruch Hu. But the Dor Mabel, where they had a society, had decayed to the point where everybody was stealing from each other, and, and the societal structure had broken down, so Akosh Baruch Hu destroyed them, because there was no, for, no hope for them. And it's so it's crucial to increase and, and be mindful of our Ben Adam Lechavero, of our Achtus uh, in Am Yisrael. Certainly around this time when we're going to jump into the winter, the you know the crux of uh, the long stretch of quote-unquote darkness, uh, when it's cold, when it's dark, right, we have to make sure to look out for our fellow Jews. Uh, not to brag about my wife, but she very much inspires me in her Benadam uh, Lachavero. We were shopping at the supermarket on our Vemptive, and there's a guy standing outside selling timers for... I guess, electrical appliances, a hot plate or air conditioner or whatever, I guess, for a sukkah, for lights, etc. And uh, my wife went over to buy a timer from him, even though we don't need one. Uh, because the guy was standing there, to his credit, instead of asking for tzedakah, again, he's a person, people are allowed to ask for tzedakah, but instead of asking for tzedakah, he was trying to sell uh, this this stuff, these stuff he had behind him, beside him. He said, please buy one. You know, he's trying to get people to sell stuff. So she went to buy one from him. Right, because, uh, you know, she thought that he needed the Parnassah. He thought that he would, uh, yeah, we'll find a use for it, whatever. We'll plug it into something. Whatever. I'm sure it's nice to have an extra one. But Tachas is, she wanted to give the guy the Parnassah, and, and, and he, she was nervous. She felt bad that he was in that situation where he had to actually be desperate and sell that kind of stuff. She, uh, you know, we, we made an extra cake for Shom Zachar. We found out about it about 12 o'clock on Friday. So she said, we'll make an extra cake. Again, not, not the, I don't need a Baruch Hashem. She's amazing, but... I, that's the idea, that we need to go out of our way to help our fellow Jew and create a sense of achtus, create a camaraderie. Uh, we had our Shabbos, just to illustrate, we had our Shabbos plans canceled yesterday, right, on, on Erev Shabbos uh, on, at 9, 9.30 in the morning. So it's not easy to invite, invite over a family of six over Shabbos, and it's certainly not easy to invite them over on Shabbos Sukkot because people only have a finite amount of space in their sukkah, right, aside from all the cooking or whatever. But Hashem, we were able to call up a couple of friends, no hesitation, they had us over. That's the achdus, that's the achdus that the Torah requires from us. 
and and that's how we're able to have a kosh who reign over us, right? Again, the, the major says that in am below below am, uh, in melech below am. There's no king without a nation, uh, but a bunch of people joined together and like goals and like uh, like minds. That's a nation, right? It's not just a bunch of random people just having to live in the same neighborhood. So when we're all together, when we're helping each other out, when we're going above and beyond to be to create achdus, to create this avos shalom. That's a, that's an important point that we need to uh, to kind of carry with us. Right uh, through the rest uh, through the rest of the year. Okay, uh, another thing we just want to buy. Obviously, all the brachos are very fascinating uh, in their own right, uh, and the commentaries do a lot. Again, if you remember, Yaakov at the end of Sefer Brachos gave all the Shvatim uh, brachos as well, and Moshe gives all the Shvatim their own brachos. Uh, and a lot of the commentaries do a lot of heavy lifting to compare Moshe's brachos and Yaakov's brachos. Uh, I would imagine the most obvious difference is for Shevet Shimon, uh, because Yaakov gave Shimon a kind of like a talking to, and Shimon in Zosabracha gets nothing. Shimon is not mentioned in Moshe's, uh, in Moshe's brachos. Fascinating uh, analysis uh, in and of its own right. Uh, but let's just let's just go with the first one. Ruvain b'chor Yisrael again. That's uh, that's how the one Yaakov starts. Just to quote, I'll just quote for you right now what what Yaakov said about Ruvain. Ruvain b'chor Yata kochi v'reishusoni yeser seisu yeser az pachas kamei maltosar ki alisa meshkavei avicha az chilalta yitzui Allah. Just to translate, if you didn't catch that, it's not you're not it's not your fault. Right, I'll just translate quickly in English. That Yaakov's bracha for Ruvain was Ruvain. You're the first, firstborn, right? The first, uh, the first of Yaakov's own might, right? He was his firstborn, uh, very high in honor, right? But Pachas Kamayim, he was unstable like water. He flowed. He ran away like he ran like water. Uh, Alto Sar, right? You won't be you won't be the leader, right? Yaakov was saying that Ruvain, who was the Chor of the Bechor, right? He was not going to be the leader. It was gonna, that was going to be given to Yehuda. But since he was impetuous, since he was unstable like water, so then he was not going to be the leader. Yaakov alludes to the fact that Ruvain uh, either it depends on how you understand it, but after Rachel died, Ruvain moved Yaakov's bed into Leah's tent instead of uh, Rachel's. Until the Zilpas or Bilhas, I forget already. Um, but, uh, but anyway, and he, he just gives him muster about that, that Avera. But basically, he took away right the uh, the leadership from Ruvain and Moshe. When you look at Moshe's bracha, Moshe's bracha is much shorter and fascinating. It, it plays on completely different language. Right, Moshe just says simply, "Yechi Ruvain valyamos." Right, may Ruvain live and not die. V'yimisav mispar, even though right he doesn't have. Uh, so many numbers, right? Many, very, very different, right? It may may have right, a high population, may may his population be included in the count, uh, but basically he gave him a bracha that he should live and not die. What in the world is going on over here? Uh, so Rashi uh, explained that again, based on linking this uh, Moshe and Yaakov's brachos, Rashi quotes a sifri and he said that Moshe prayed for Ruvain's to live because of his sin with Bilhah. Now, what does that mean? So the Malbim kind of takes it one step further. I'm not sure if he's commentating on Rashi or the Safri exactly, but the Malbim takes it one step further. And he says, he explains that the characteristic of Pachas Kamayim, right? Ruvain's characteristic of being impetuous, right, is what caused Moshe to give him the bracha, right? Yechi Ruvain Valiamos, that he should live and not die. Because when a person rushes to judgment, when he rushes to action, 
Right? And again, that's why Yaakov took the leadership away from him and gave it to Yehuda. Right? That's a recipe for disaster. Right? A person needs to be calculated in life. Like, like we've said in the Misoz Yishorim, you have to analyze yourself. And you have to think about your life and do a cheshben anefesh, etc., etc. It seems that Ruvain was a little less calculated than Yaakov preferred. And said the Malbim, that's a dangerous characteristic that he passed on to his sheva, to his generations. Uh, to the to the subsequent generations, and when you rush through life on rash decisions without decisions without thinking, right? That's dangerous both physically and spiritually. Uh, I saw in Shmuel Golden Sefer uh, unlocking the Torah text. He says maybe that was tied to Ruvain's decision to settle outside Eretz Israel. Now we know that Ruvain, God, and Chazi Shevet Amenasha, right, were supposed to decided to settle outside of Eretz Israel. Um, yeah, he bases on the Abarbanel. Okay, either way, but but uh, he says that Rabbi Golden suggests that maybe Moshe's bracha that they should live and not die was kind of tied to that. that you guys decided on a whim. You have a lot of cattle. You want to sit settle outside Eretz Yisrael. I couldn't talk you out of it. Right? That's a little bit impetuous. That's a little bit you know kind of not thinking. That's kind of just kind of running and getting excited about something and not analyzing themselves. Right? You're not you're cutting yourself off from the rest of Am Yisrael, living across the Yardin. So, meaning that their character trait of being, you know, not thinking things through necessarily was still in full display, right, on the, during this time. So, Moshe wanted to remind them to slow down and take one, life one step at a time and not rush to decisions like the one they made to settle on the other side uh, of the Yardin. So, now, I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've definitely discussed this many, many times, uh, but it's this is certainly a crucial me that a person needs to have a tremendous sense of slowing down, right, not just going with the flow. Uh, we've been studying this in Mesil Sisharim, etc., etc. I mentioned it several times in these Parsha Shmuzes, that a person has to take life one step at a time, that a person really has to kind of you know, throw out the anchor, say, wait, hey, 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 where are we going with this? Uh, is this the best decision for me? Decision for me? Uh, is this the best you know, way I can live my life? Is this what I can, I can give to Am Is this why I can, you know, the best way I can be in Kaddish and Shemayim? Okay, etc., etc. Right, uh, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay, let's just finish off with the last two psukim in the Torah, or the last few psukim in the Torah, rather. A very dramatic send-off uh, for Moshe Rabbeinu. But I always, personally, I always kind of got the sense that it was a little bit anticlimactic. Like, this is the end of the Torah. The Torah is the life book, the, the way of life that Torah, God gave us, right, the law book, the, the way to guide us through life, show us the path. And it ends off with like, listen, Moshe, listen, I don't want to take away, anything away from Moshe. Moshe was amazing. But it's kind of like, just just kind of like, yeah, Moshe was the, the greatest ever, etc., etc. And I kind of like, you know, mentioned that uh, Moshe, it mentions here, just to paraphrase a little bit, um, that uh, B'nai Israel mourned Moshe and Yoshua ben Nun took after him. Uh, so the, the the last part of the of the Torah, right, the last few psukim, just starting if you if you have a chumash, right, the last three psukim. Starting from Pesach Yud, there was no other Navi like Moshe. Asher Yedao Hashem Panim Panim that knew Hashem face to face. All the miracles that Hashem sent them to do in Mitzrayim. For all of its servants in all the land. And for all the strong might of the hand of Hashem, for all the awesome power, that Moshe did for all of Am Yisrael, and I couldn't help but think, that okay, you know, it's, it's definitely a nice, uh, you know, send-off, but as uh, season finales go, it, it's... It, I always have felt that it felt it fell a little flat. Like, what is the lasting message the Torah would leave us 
For the last few psukim, I would imagine it would have been some sort of powerful and inspiring message. Instead, we get a you know a little bit of a recap of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, which kind of honestly, if you've been paying attention until now, is kind of well, yeah, we know all that stuff. We we read about it in the last you know couple of until a few days ago. I saw a pshat by the Nesiva Shalom. Nesiva Shalom, the Slana Mareva, has an unbelievable pshat as to what is going on in the last few psukim, and I'm going to try and do it justice and say it over as quick as I can. Rashi explains a couple of the lines here in the end of the uh, of the Torah, the land of the psukim. The phrase, means, right, that when Moshe got the Torah, the Luchos, with his own hands. She kibels the Torah, the Luchos biyadav. The phrase, the Yadah Chazaka, that we just said, read a second ago, means that Moshe got the Luchos in his hands. Uluchol hamarah hagadol. And all of the fearful, awesome power. Nisim gurus shem midbar hagadol. The miracles that Moshe did in the midbar. And then, le'ini kol Yisrael. What's the last three words of the Torah mean? What is that referencing to? Says Rashi, that Moshe carried his heart or decided in his heart to destroy the luchos to the eyes of Bnei Yisrael, right? In, in their eyes. Pazik says that Moshe said that I decided to destroy the luchos to your eyes. Now, what in the world is going on over here? It says in the Shiva Shalom. First of all, why do we need a list of Moshe's accomplishments? Like, we just read them. Right? We know. Right? That's A. B, also, this is the Torah, an internal law-giving book that guides us in the way of life, etc., etc. Right? It's not a biography. Right? It's, it's, it's so odd that, that the Torah would end off with, like, a kind of send-off for Moshe. Beno. Finally, what in the world? The last thing we mentioned is that Moshe broke the Luchos. Right? Again, Listing the other things, I get it. Moshe got the luchos in his hands. He mined our Sinai, great. The miracles in Egypt, great. The miracles in the Midbar, great. I understand. But we end off with Moshe breaking the luchos. That's one of his huge accomplishments, right? We after we mention that Moshe spoke to Hashem Panil and Panim, etc. It's listed last. Like it seems to be like that's like the lasting image that we should have. Like, what in the, what is going on over here? So the Sidi Shalom has an unbelievable shot. He explains based on the Sifri, on that Pasuk. The Pasuk says, again, we read a few minutes ago, right, there was no Navi who ever arose like Moshe, that Moshe knew Hashem face to face. Says the Sifri, I don't understand. Hashem says elsewhere, right, again, Parshas Kisisa, right, I think we read it today, if I'm not mistaken, on Shabbos Cholomot, that no man is able to see my face. No one in Losu Chalaro says Panai. No one can see my face. No one, anybody who sees my face will, no one can see my face and live. So what do you mean that, Hashem, that Moshe, Yedo Elohim Panim Panim, that Moshe knew Hashem face to face? I thought no one's able to see Hashem. What are you talking about? We can't see Hashem's face. So Zafri says, yeah, you missed, you missed one key word. Right? We're not able to see Hashem, but that's not what the Pazik says. Right? It says that Moshe, Yedo Hashem, Moshe knew Hashem Panim Panim. What does that mean? Meaning, as the Slana Rebbe explains, Moshe was connected to the Kosh Baruch Hu with the greatest dveikus of all time. He was always davak b'Hashem. He was always connected to Hashem. He was never not in lockstep with the Kosh Baruch Hu. Right? At no point in his life was Moshe not right, streamlined with what the Kosh Baruch Hu wanted. And Moshe's life work, says the Ziva Shalom, was to explain 
to all Jews of that generation and forever, that in every situation, in every moment, a Jew can feel like they're with a Gosh Baruch right? At the highest spiritual moments and the lowest spiritual moments, Hashem is always there, right? In all life events, the easy, the difficult, the highs, the lows, Gosh Baruch is always there. A Jew is always can be Davuk with Hashem, right? Sometimes a person feels the godless of a Gosh Baruch right? And sometimes it's much harder, right? When a person can only see their own failings, their own shortcomings, etc., Right, that uh, your heart is broken, your broken pieces, a person feels like they're completely shattered. Moshe taught us that in every situation, a person can be davuk with Hashem. And that's exactly what the Torah ends with. Right, when the Torah says, that Moshe did all these miracles in Mitzrayim, when the Jews were on the 49th level of Tumah, in Mitzrayim, right, they were the lowest of the low, that's when Hashem took us out. Right, that's when Hashem sent Moshe to do miracles. Is, he quotes an amazing word of the Baal Shem Tov. But Puzzik says that Gosh Baruch Hu said miracles in Egypt. Why? Because v'yadu Mitzrayim k'ani Hashem. So that Mitzrayim would know that I'm Hashem. Says the Baal Shem Tov, who cares that Egypt knows that Hashem is king? What does Hashem need there for? What does he care that all the bum, bummed out Mitzrayim, all the Goyesh Mitzrayim need to know, right? all the steeped in immorality and idolatry, what, is, what does Hashem care for? For that, Hashem has to uproot all the laws of nature, rules of creation, etc. So he says, no, the Mitzrim in that puzzle doesn't mean the Egyptians. It means the Jews who thought they were Mitzrim. All the assimilated Jews, all the Jews on the lowest level, on the 49th level of Tumah, the ones who are so stuck in the culture of Egypt and steeped in immorality and trapped by that culture. Hashem did miracles for them. So yes, Hashem does miracles for us in any situation. Right, even when we're the lowest of the low, right, even the lowest of the level, lowest level can be davuk b'kosh baruch hu. Right, you should know that Hashem is with them. What does that pasuk mean? Right, for the strong hands, that's kapalas Torah. When Moshe got the luchos, right, that's the highest level. Right, where there's open yashras hashchina, obviously, right, that, that we don't need really any, to tell us anything. Right, obviously, in that scenario, we can be have dveikas with Hashem. We can always be with Akash baruch hu. Obviously, right, we're on a high spiritual level. That doesn't need you know real repetition. Uluchol Hamara Hagadol, what the Puzzle says, for all of the great, awesome power that Moshe said, that we said was talking about the miracles that Moshe did in the Midbar. The Midbar is a place with snakes and scorpions, a place where you can be trapped, it can bite you, they can bite you, it's difficult to live. Right? Moshe taught us that you can, even in this place, when you have a lot of trappings, a lot of difficulties, and a lot of places to stumble, still, Akash Baruch Hu does miracles. Right? You can see Hashem even in that difficult place. And finally, Asher Asa Moshe Lani Kol Yisrael, what Moshe did to the eyes of all of Am Yisrael, that's breaking the luchos. That's the greatest of them all. What does that mean? Right? Why is that the greatest of them all? Right? When Rashi says that Moshe was nas, nasu libo, he decided in his heart to break the luchos. Right? And it says, why does it say Lani Kol Yisrael to all of the eyes of Am Yisrael? Why are they, why are they nayim, uh, why are the eyes highlighted here? So the Nesim Shalom doesn't say this outright. He says basically, he kind of dances around this point. So I just want to illustrate with a little bit of my own uh, creativity. I thought this was exactly what he was going to say. And he said basically like this. He said that the Luchos were a testimony of the connection between Akash Baruch and Am Yisrael. Right? Hashem himself made the first Luchos. Right? Etzbael Elohim. There were uh, right? there were Charusa and Luchos. There were Akash Baruch made the first Luchos. When Bnei Yisrael did the Chetayego, right? Obviously they sinned tremendously. Right? The breaking of the Luchos was a spiritual wake up call. Right, that broke the hearts of Am Yisrael, right? It kind of shattered their their previous you know situation and allowed them to come back to their senses. But it was only Lei Nehem, meaning 
B'nai Yisrael are always connected to Kosh Baruch Hu. Right? They, they were doing a tremendous chait. Right? When a person does a tremendous chait, they distance themselves, and perhaps they think that they can't get back. So Moshe broke the luchos to wake them up to the, to the fact that the connection to Kosh Baruch Hu is still always there. Right? It was only Le'inehem. Right? It wasn't deep down that the connection was broken. It says that, explaining the scene of the Shalom that, uh, that again, that, that instead of giving up on them, that like other leaders might, right, Moshe had to break their hearts. Meaning sometimes a Jew sins, and, but their heart is like already broken. Like they feel bad, they regret the chait, but the Yitzhar has got them, so they do the Avera, whatever. But the Jews, in, by the chait angle, they were dancing. They were dancing outside and they were dancing inside. So Moshe had to break their heart, as it were, and to break the spirit of simcha, the simcha that they had in the Avera, that's Hashem Saldi Bo. And Moshe understood what he had to do to their hearts. He had to break them. He had to break the luchos and that connection to Gosh Baruch Hu, as it were, right, in order to allow them to do tshuva. But it was only superficial. Right? It was only on the outside that it seemed like their connection to Gosh Baruch Hu was broken. Really, a Jew is connected to Gosh Baruch Hu in all situations, right? even when they're broken. Right? Even when they hit the lowest point. Right? Even if it feels like they're being beaten down, it's only Lenehem. It's only to their eyes. Right? In any situation, really, we could have full Dvekus Bakosh Baruch We can have full connection with Hashem. Right? There's always a way out, even if it feels like we're lying broken on the floor. That was Moshe's greatest lesson. And it says in the Sri Shalom, that's also how the Torah starts. Right, the, What's a shemayim? Shemayim is the sky. When you're sky high spiritually, when you're low down on the ground, right? Still, right? created the world. Right? You can still have the kashtukash That's the great lesson that the Torah ends off with. That in any scenario where you are, right, even if you feel amazing, or if you happen to go into Simchas Torah and you frankly don't feel it so much and you don't enjoy the dancing so much. Still, Akash Baruch Hu is with you. Still, you can have that connection to Akash Baruch Hu. You can dig yourself out of whatever pit you're in. Man, Akash Baruch Hu is always waiting for us. And that's Mamish, an unbelievable message that the Torah leaves us with at the end. That we can always, always, always right, find that connection to Akash Baruch Hu. And, uh, and that's very, something very fitting to leave off on uh, at the end of uh, Sefer Tzvarim and the entire, and the entire Torah. All right, I wish everybody a Chag Sameach and a good Yontif. And with Hashem, uh, we will learn about Sefer uh, Bresha, Parshas Bresha. Right, we'll flip the page. Right, the next year is on Thursday, with Hashem, for uh, Parshas Bresha. Very exciting. Um, and yeah, enjoy the Yontif, enjoy the dancing, and uh, we'll be in touch.